Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. So today we have a guest from the UK, and I'm going to deem this individual the creator boss. And, you know, we had a little conversation off air, and she was talking about her big release that's coming out. So without further ado, why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what are you releasing right now? Ah, so we are releasing Course You Can launch the webinar edition. So teaching courses, course creators, mostly coaches who have got their course um, and then just not selling it, right? They are doing all the things that they've sort of read on a freebie checklist and they're just, just not getting to the meats and bones of what they're doing. So we've look, we're, we're creating a program that helps you launch through a webinar. We're talking hype up funnels, close out funnels, the lot, including things like calling people, which people have forgotten how to do because it's all like anonymous online now. So we're putting that human approach back into it, teaching the masterclass, and um, yeah, getting some real, really good sales in for people who've got those uh, courses that they want to sell. Very nice. Very nice. So Rochelle, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would you choose to define you? Positive, mm-hmm. like t- tenacious. Um, oh my God. Five, three to five words. Like, yeah. Positive, tenacious, um, problem solving. That could be four. <laughs> um, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So like this is, I mean, obviously you're into course development, you're into coaching coaches, which is a phenomenal task in itself. It could be a very difficult task as well. Cause I mean, obviously you probably have some know-it-alls and you probably have some people that are coaches that shouldn't be coaching. So you're in the middle juggling both ends of this coin. So let's just travel back into like your time as like a kid. Like, were you always that kid that would raise your hand and become a leader? Like, how did you become who you are right now? I was really bossy as a child. So I've done this, uh, a task. I actually teach a task similar to this. It's like, what were you into as a child? What did you do? Mine was poetry and really bossy. And I also thought big. I would always get really frustrated with school productions that there weren't like lasers and lights and smoke machines that people were just in these like homemade masks and like trotting along being the donkey I was like no why have we not built this huge set and I was like seven years old thinking blockbuster and people were just like no you're thinking too big so I think that I've always thought very creatively always thought without boundaries um, and I've always um, been, yeah, very, very directional. And, you know, like there's no real, not blunt or rude, but just direct, you know, and making sure like I would never let anybody launch something that I didn't think was going to sell a thousand times, you know, and having that faith and trust in me means that people are, they're, they're more like freer with their ideas, you know, because they'll know that I will push back and say, actually, no, if you thought about doing it like this, I'll never, ever be fake. I'm a very honest person. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, I mean, with that, I mean, you're saying like you're, you're bossy, right? You were bossy as a kid. You grew up into becoming a, a hell of a boss, but like, like what was your journey? Like, what was your education factor? Like what? And again, this real question is like, obviously you could have been a politician, right? If you wanted to have been bossy, you could have been in politics, right? I wanted to be a lawyer. So, okay. So you wanted to be a lawyer, but how did you end up coming into the creation of courses for coaches? Okay, cool. So yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, Didn't really pursue that for very long. I didn't go to university or anything, but I have always thought of a problem, having that problem solving mind and thinking of ways to um, navigate different situations and and find different ways of thinking of things. So that was the, that was the lawyer in me. I've still got that. I'll still find a way to get my own way. Um, So left school with uh, and went straight into GE Money. So GE Money, big American bank, very into Six Sigma and process management and lean management. And so that became my education. 
mm. working as an underwriter in their secured loan team over in the UK, um, we would you know, systemize everything and I was very involved in, in all of that. So I was there until I was about 23, got made redundant. I was pregnant with my eldest daughter and it was just me and her. So I needed a way to sort of earn some money to support us, right? Um, I then ended up various side hustles and, and, you know, business ventures that didn't turn out to be very profitable, learned a ton of lessons and ended up falling into e-commerce. Oh. which then created so that was the process management side of me and the creative side of me merged that together and I set up an agency which was called Dallas Does I ran that for six years grew that to be quite big a uh, big team but it, I fell out of love with the doing of it I no longer wanted to be building people's websites and doing that um, virtual assistant kind of role I was then um very much by then coaching my clients myself talking talking through how to be positive and how to problem solve and what was blocking them and, and all of that so i then did an nlp master's certificate did the nlp practitioner and then a master's um, in that understanding where people's mindset blocks were coming in because i wanted a bit more of a professional way of saying just go over it let's just like power on through i wanted a bit more of a Mm -hmm. softer more professional approach I guess I've still got that though but what came out of the NLP stuff for me was that everything is teachable everything we do is a strategy and it can be taught therefore it can be learned and moving out of expert and into teacher mode means that you need to have a certain set of skills and if you haven't got those they need to be known and aware of and taught right so then I got down went, went sort of thinking well right I've got my the process, the creative, the running a business, I have to help people do this. How can that look? And so then I launched Course You Can, which is doing really, really great. It's in its first year. We're getting people through all the time, building like they're for coaches that are building courses to help their clients with that mid-step. So they can't afford the one-to-one, -one, but they've outgrown the freebie. You know, they've got to that point where they need to decorate the house, but they they don't want to just use tester pots from the bit from from the you know the shop the paint shop and so they they need something in between they need a bigger pot right oh. so they're then providing this for their clients and then they can give the transformation give the outcome and make sure that people deliver what they say on the sales page and then they get more clients through and so the beautiful ripple effect continues so, I mean, with that, just recap and pull back some onions. I mean, obviously on lean side, right? It sounds like you became a lean ninja without getting certified to be a lean ninja. Like you understand operations more than most people would probably even understand operations. Then on the other side of it, you had a creative side to you to kind of figure out how to utilize these operations and combine it with you to bring the creative side forward. And then you combine all these different things to put it into a course to help coaches understand the operation side plus the creative side and put their best foots forward. Is that a good summary of what you just said? Yeah, it is. It's almost like it went by like that in my life, but it did. It took about 20 years, but it was, it, it's exactly that. It's like all roads have led to being able to teach mm -hmm. this way of working. It's an extremely efficient way and it's an extremely, you know, it's a great way with the scalability is there. So I could have a million people go through the same program and because of the stuff that's automated and bottled up and recorded, you know, I've immortalized me on my best day. My clients get that every day. Sometimes I'm burnt out. Sometimes I'm on holiday. Sometimes I'm just don't want to be seen, but they still get me on my best day because I've recorded all this stuff that was in the zone okay like i was high as a kite like i was I'd, i you know had done what i was doing yeah. to get in my zone and and that that happens like i watch back some of my lives and i'm like who's she <laughs> like, she knows her stuff i like that person so but they get that all the time that's not me all the time but they get that because that that's what's been recorded then this year and that's why i encourage my my clients to do because coaching especially one-on-one -on -one coaching can be exhausting mentally physically you know emotionally it can be really draining um and therefore you're you're capping your earning potential because there's only so many hours in a day, so many hours of working hours in a day, waking working hours in a day. 
And even then you don't want back-to-back one-to-one clients. That's exhausting, right? You want to make sure that you're protecting your boundaries and your energy so that you can give the best to your one-to-one clients, which means that an online course isn't a cop-out. It's not a a downgrade to your one-to-one. It's, you know, meets them where they are, both financially, mentally, and emotionally. So, yeah. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, this is going back to the comment I made earlier about you being able to juggle the, the, the know-it-all coaches versus the coaches that shouldn't be coaches versus like the sweet spot in the middle that are coaches that are actively getting results and now they want to scale. So I want you to give us an example of like, without naming names, like the worst client that you've ever had to deal with in one of these three spectrums and how did you overcome that hurdle? So I'll tell you something, I've actually never worked with anyone I don't enjoy working with. And I'll tell you why, because I, I, they have to apply and I have to have a phone call with them before they get in. Mm. Every single person in my programs, I would work with on a one-to-one basis. And if I wouldn't, they're not in. And right. I think that that's the key to keeping my community vibe high, the results high, uh, it keeps them engaged and it keeps them through. They're making friendships, they're making connections. I don't care about my payday. I want their experience to be their their big win. You know, they're coming through this program, and they pay me to keep them safe, right? It, I'm not going to just let any um, work with anybody just for the payday. I've never done that. I've never done it when I did a done for you with a with a one to one. So on the sh- shouldn't be coaching. I'd give them some harsh realities and say, okay, if you're coaching on this topic. I'd probably narrow it down into that topic because that's where you cover life and that's where you're phenomenal. All of this isn't isn't so much and it's diluting the whole package. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be a bit like that. But I've never come across anyone that I don't get really excited about their product as well. In fact, one of my social media posts, I've got the word course and I've changed the word in the middle. I've put hours because in the middle of course is ours. And I do, I treat it like my project. I treat it like we're doing this together. Like it's a joint effort. And I think that people like that. They feel protected, you know? So yeah, I mean, original question, who who's the worst person I've ever worked with? There isn't one, honestly, because I vet my people um, and I just don't do things for the payday. And I think that, that's a really good segue to I mean, vetting people. Uh, the reason why I ask that question is because some people, all, they take all and then they'll just filter through it. And then you put systems in place to kind of push out the ones that you don't want or you'll market towards the ones that you do want. So how did you kind of formalize like your system? You're saying that you do an intake form, then you get on a call. Are there any additional steps to that particular system as far as you picking the right clients for you? Sure. I do a lot of organic marketing and I have done for a couple of years. I'm very present in myself. My marketing comes from like my heart. I I put stuff out there about myself that therefore attracts the right person to me and naturally repels the wrong person from me. So people that follow me and people in my world will naturally feel drawn because I'm a straight talker. I go off on random tangents. I have no filter in terms of like business, like experience that could, any nugget could come out. You know, I've had a lot of experience, been doing this for a long time. So people will do that. Other people might be like, no, she's, she's not direct enough for me or I don't like how she waffles on or something. That's fine. You could go and follow somebody else. So for me, I think that the, uh, the whole the whole thing starts, it's very holistic, right? It's who, I'm, who am I attracting? Who am I um, engaging with? And then I have a, I'll either do a five-day challenge or I'll do a masterclass yeah. and I'll show them what I can do and what how, how I can help them and my style, how I teach, my slides, things like that. And then I'll give them an invitation for them to join my program and then the right old time in there. Um, so I think that it comes down to, you know, having the right offer for the right person at the right time, not confusing that and making sure it's common sense, right? Like people, a lot of people fall into a trap, I think, of creating something that they want to create or that they know people need and they're not ready for it. And it's like, and they can't understand why no one's buying it. It's because your people aren't ready to buy it yet. So talk to them, have conversations with them, put surveys out there. I have a research method called survey, stalk and talk. So survey, survey the market, stalk the market and talk to the market. Do all three things. You can never, ever have too much information. 
there was a guy that said, I can't quite, I can't remember his name, it was Dan something. He said, uh, doing business without market research is like driving with your eyes closed. And that's exactly it. So I am always in tune. I'm always having conversations, encouraging people on my lives to ask questions and, and you know, comment on things so I can know firsthand what's going on in their world and then create the products that fit. Very nice. Very nice. I think earlier on, you, you alluded to like the, the 20 year span, right? And, and this question is, is, is based upon that. It's like someone is maybe hearing you for the first time, maybe you have the perception that you're an overnight success. But in reality, like actually, how long have you been on your journey from start to where you are currently? Oh, I'd say when it was when I was a single mom with Lila and I was 23, I was a single mom and I have always had Two things. One, the need for something extra. Um, I've never just had a nine to five job. I've always had a couple of jobs, a couple of projects, a couple of something going on. And I've also had the second thing, and that's the need to teach others and the need to lead others in a in a, in a way so that when, you know, they're sitting, they've just left their partner and they've got a baby because they were unhappy or in a, a terrible situation. It's always in me to get them out of that situation and how I can show them how to do it. Now we've come a long way since then. Lila's nearly 14 now. And so we've come a long way. When I was, when she was a baby, the only thing I could do from home in my spare time where I wasn't going to accrue loads of childcare costs was sticking earrings into the back of the, the backings for a local boutique. Uh-huh. I mean, I was massively understanding myself and I could have given so much more. It was frustrating, but it was it was it was money and I needed to, to work. Um, so I would say my absolute starting point of when I knew I needed to help other people was when I was starting to make money in one of my businesses and I wanted to show other people. And it manifested itself in different ways. Right. Sometimes it's been. I wanted to give people a free website and then a year's worth of support because a lot, I noticed a trend that a lot of people were thinking that that was the end of the road, that they got a website and it was like, that's it. That's my business. And it's like, gosh, there's so much more that goes on without it. But I'd say entrepreneurially way before that, like I was 14 and I had a, no, I was 13. So this is a long time ago, 23 years ago. And I had a paper round and with the paper round money, I would buy bags of lollipops and sell those at break time in my blazer. I was like a one man band of like a tuck shop. And I'd sell all of these lollipops for 20 pence and they were like 10 pence in the shops. I was making a killing as a 13 year old. I was like, bring home like 50 quid a week or something ridiculous from all these lollipops that I was selling. And that's what I was known for. I'd literally be um, going, go into the, playground in um, high school and I'd open up my blazers and they'd all like just literally <laughs> these 20 fences flying about everywhere and then uh, I'd been become invisible again and I just you know until the next break time when I had all the sweets again. <laughs> so I, I want I want the, the listeners to, to, to visualize this right imagine a 14 year old kid walking on the playground like pushing like drugs but it's candy and they open up their blazer and they're just full with lollipops on display i could visually see it. it's hilarious right so <laughs> little blonde girl like really unconspicuous like there's the group smoking behind the bike sheds and then there's me with my sweets <laughs> hilarious so i mean with that right so you're talking about 13 you're talking about 23 you're talking about before your daughter was born so if there's any particular time in your lifespan that you could travel back and communicate something whisper something in your ears 10 seconds of something when would you go back and what would you whisper to yourself to change the outcome of where you are to make it happen a lot quicker? What a question. I, I, I would do it. I'd do it all the same, but I would probably, right before my abusive ex of my eldest daughter, and I, I don't ever talk about this, but I would probably say, to stick with it, it will be all right go through this because you you go through this to help others go through it um because others aren't strong enough so i had to sort of do that there was a lot it was a dark time but i'm so glad i'm so glad i experienced it It made me a better person stronger parent you know stronger businesswoman so yeah i would say it's gonna get dark but stick with it because it's really gonna get good very powerful Mm. very powerful 
So I mean, good question. Really good question. I've got goosebumps. I don't share that stuff a lot at all, actually. So, yes, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it kind of gives me so many other questions to, to ask you, right? So I'm going to save some of the other questions based upon that for, for a little oh. bit later on the show. But the next thing I want to talk about is like, we haven't talked about like, like your parenting or, or your upbringing, right? So like, obviously, you've been a hustler, you've been selling candies in the play yard, opening up the code, flashing kids with candy and all those other crazy shit at a younger age, being very, very bossy as a kid, like you had to get that from some some ancestor, like was it a, a, your mom, was it your dad, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, where are you getting your entrepreneurial yeah. hustle from? Yeah, grandfather for certain. Um, you know, my my grandfather was a market trader and a market trader's son. So his dad, so my great grandfather, uh, quite a famous market in London, uh, in Islington, Chapel Market, it's called. And he was there, and they were um, everybody who knows that market knows my grandfather, and he'd be there from the you know from like dusk till dawn with a broken arm in the snow you know that hard grafter you know real real worker um and he'd say things like from when I was like seven I'd go and help him on the market stall and I'd just love it and I'd I'd love his confidence he'd shout out for the business uh does anyone want serving and he'd ask me to fetch things from the factory like the the warehouse behind and it was never quick enough, never quick enough. I could have been there and back and he'd have been like, could have been quicker. Nice. When I got 98% in a maths exam, he'd say, well, what happened to the other 2%? Always striving for better. Yes. Like just honestly, he has been, he's my inspiration. He's my 100% more of my, you know, my work inspiration than, than any, than any, my parents, not so much. My dad's always worked, of course. My mum my would stay at home until... Funny enough, until Lila was born. So until I was a mom and had a six-week-old baby and really, really needed her, she wasn't at work. She got a full-time job <laughs> when she became a grandma. So, um, but my dad, yeah, he's always he's always worked, but nothing that I would say like the way that grandfather um, inspirationally for me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love that question because, I mean, it always shows like the intuitive insight to where this hustle mentality is truly stemming from. And it's always like nine out of 10 people. It's always some ancestor that had set and established that. And again, you're doing that for your kids as well, which is phenomenal. So going into like my next question. Okay. So we're talking about family, right? We, we, uh, I think you alluded to you, at least you have two kids. So my next question is like, how do you currently juggle? Like you're, you're doing a seven figure launch and your family life well there's no this well i'm involved in the seven figure launch it's not for course you can yet that's a brand new product so there's a little less pressure on it but oh i've got a secret weapon and it's my husband he is phenomenal okay he's the world's most patient man he's creative he's just he's just the best so he is massively supportive i couldn't do it without him for sure um my both my children are very aware that I work uh, a, a, a lot and I'm dedicated for that for the longer game um you know my, my my son's always he knows sort of like are you on a call what's your timetable like and he's only six this month but he's very like aware my daughter as well I think when she was younger she used to say why don't you want to be with me and that used to hurt and I said you'll understand when you're older Mm -hmm. Well, I got up for work and stuff. And now she says things like, I'm so proud of you. So that sort of eradicates any mum guilt. Oh. Um, and yeah, just having a lot of my stuff in my business is automated. Okay. Obviously, from being like the lean management and the Six Sigma stuff, I don't build anything fussy in my business. So a lot of it looks after itself and it needs to just be me. Anything that is needs to be me is me like lives podcasts um you know interviews anything like that everything else tends to look after itself because it's all set up smartly which is another thing I'm really passionate about very nice very nice so I mean just just talk about more so diving into like your daily routines right so obviously you have the kids you're saying that your husband is a great attribute to you being able to do what, what you're doing right now but obviously I think your energy level I mean right now in the UK it's, it's probably afternoon if not evening time versus morning time in the US but you're still as animated as if it's six o'clock in the morning so what is your morning routines and your morning habits 
So interesting because I dabble and do love the miracle morning. Okay, so I'll, I I get up quite naturally about six o'clock, but I don't I don't stick to that. If I'm waking up and I'm like mm, I'm not feeling it, then I listen to that and I'll reset the alarm because I know that if I force myself through it. I just won't serve myself well later on in the day. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll always set like a six o'clock alarm and I'll see how I am. I'll like check in if, I, if, I, if I've got the energy for it, get a nice icy glass of water, journal a little bit. I love gratitude journaling, plan my day, do a bit of reading, um, exercise, do a bit of movement. I've, ju I've just started going back to the gym, so that'll be exciting. Um, is uh, I love the gym, I do, but I was, I was putting a block on it for so long. I was like, I can't do it, I'm not going. There's this reason, there's that reason, there's it. Now I put the time in my diary, I'm going after this actually. Nice. Um, and that's nice time with my daughter as well. They've changed the rules there. She's got a bit older and actually she's allowed to come in and use the equipment. So it's nice bonding time for us as well. Um, I would say, yeah, coffee, plan out my day, do power blocks of time. Um, but it sounds corny. I don't really care, but I'm going to say it. But I love what I do so much that I could talk about it all day. I could do it all day. I could teach other people to do it all day. Like it doesn't ever feel like work. And the, and, and the way that that is, is because I was so strict on, I'm really quite precious about doing stuff that I love, you know? So I won't ever do anything. Like I said earlier, I won't do it just for the payday. I won't have a client that I don't click with. Like when I have a client, I feel it like in my stomach and in my chest, I'm like, I'm excited, you know, I feel it. So I'm not like, I, I don't do anything that I don't want to do. Nice. Very nice. I guess that's where it comes from. The energy just sort of keeps it going. Thanks. So just, just talk about like on the education side a little bit. And this question is a three-part question. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm assuming here, right? But I would think that you're pretty much an avid reader or an avid consumer of content, right? So mm -hmm. this question is, what books, first question, what books helped you on your journey to get you to where you are currently, right? Mm -hmm. That you would like to recommend? Part two to this question is like, what books are you or listening to actively right now? And part three, being that you're so like ravenous with this information and in this content, please tell me you've had an opportunity to author a book or at least working on one now. Oh, do you know, okay. First book, Game Changer for me was a book called Busy by Tony Crabb. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's over uh, your side of the pond, but it was a, it's a really good um time management book about putting in boundaries and working time versus turnaround time and, and all of this stuff about how people can manage their time better and that you know i think the strap line is something like how to thrive in a world of busy it's phenomenal you have to read it i go back to it all the time revisit bits and take out little bits that i might have missed in the past so busy is probably one of my favorite ones that i always recommend i also love like classics you know like eat the frog um you know and i really like um the miracle morning as well so i heard that on audio um i was going on a long train journey and i was like well i don't have to do any work and i don't have to think about anything and i actually can't read on the train because of the the train going and when you're focused on the book mm. i get train sickness but um i really like that i listened to it and i really got it and um but yeah, I find that I actually started saying to myself, I don't read in the UK. I'm going to just read when I'm on holiday on the Sun Lounger. So next time I'm on holiday, I'm going to get through like five books, which happens. Yeah, like it really does. Mm -hmm. But then COVID hit and I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so I didn't actually read a lot through lockdown. Um, I am reading, though. I've just started reading another book called Ask and It Is Given, mm -hmm. which is all about like the law of attraction energy vibrations and and um it's a little bit different to anything i've read but i'm into it like it's quite interesting to uh it's husband and wife um and they are he's he was really into quite woo stuff and um she wasn't and then he got her into it and it's, it's the very early stages of the uh 
of the story. But yeah, it looks really good. And I haven't written a book, but I've always thought I definitely could because it seems so easy and obvious to do it. Um, but I guess my books are my courses. So I, I, could, I could print them off, all of the learnings in my courses. There is probably a, a book there, but I haven't in terms of um, an actual physical book on the shelf. But I definitely, I've always thought that I've had it in me. So one, one, um, one on the way, I think, probably in my five, 10 year plan, I think. Nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I, I want to challenge you because, I mean, I would love to see a book from you, just like the energy that you'd put into it. And to your point, courses are a good outline for your book, right? The blueprint, but then telling your stories amongst each chapter would make that book so much more transparent for a new mm -hmm. entrepreneur trying to get on that journey and understanding why you're teaching this versus just telling them what to do. Yeah, well, exactly. And because because behind every step, of course, you can. There's a reason why I've put it in there. There's a reason why there's 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 an interesting viewpoint of like how I came to know this stuff, right? Like it's not all just like I woke up and sort of this is all just common sense. There has been a a, a time where I've learned it and discovered it. So yeah, I get I get that 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 could be, you know a story woven in the lessons so yeah it could be a good book because you can the bible because you can bible perhaps yeah well i'm looking forward to that so i mean i think you alluded to it like a five ten years so my next question let's bump that out a little bit where do you see yourself 20 years from now definitely retired 100 percent retired i don't know i don't know um I need to have sun on my face as well i don't know i don't know where you where are you in the where are you in the world I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, so south. I've been there. I've been to Atlanta. <laughs> um, I went to a mindset retreat. But um, so, yeah, I've been to Atlanta. Um, I, and my husband supports the Falcons, actually. He's into NFL. So for lots of um, connections with Atlanta. Um, London's dreary, right? And it's grey. And I definitely feel like in 20 years' time, um, I'll probably be a grandparent by then. My kids are nearly 14 and six so yeah maybe um sun on my face palm trees and sand on my feet i think um and i've got like you know nice house swimming pool no <laughs> uh helping helping people though i want to I, I would love to have i'd love to be known for like changing the perception of online coaching and online training because i think that I think the messaging is lost at the moment. I think we were a couple of years away from getting real trust in the industry. I think there's a couple of people that can, how to word this, uh, diplomatically, um, skew, skew results and skew um, oh, expectations for people. And it's only when you're doing it that you realize actually that's not probably possible. Either there's inflated results or they've not told big chunks of the story, or they might have given like the small short version. And I think that then that can really help uh, help to give people misguided viewpoints of what's possible and when. Um, so I think that then leads to a lot of people feeling like a failure, um, uh, feeling like they're not doing it quick enough, or they're not good enough, and all this stuff. So I think a lot of it comes up for them when they're not getting the results that they can see online. I know because I felt it. And then actually I sort of like just started digging deep and being like, well, actually, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. And I'm kind of just going to be unapologetic about that and see where it goes. And it's, it's going well. So nice. always be yourself. Don't don't judge any anything you're doing on somebody else's show reels, right? Well, I think that's definitely some some insight that, you know, to your point capturing like a, from a marketing strategy is all about the highlights is the highlight reels right but again mm -hmm. if you expose a highlight reel and the negative outcomes as well and do them side by side then it becomes a very more complete vision versus just saying hey i made a million dollars today well it probably took you 20 years to make that million dollars in that yeah. six month time it didn't just happen you created a product and randomly threw it out there there was testing there was analytics there were systems there was hiring there was firing all the stuff that happens behind the scenes that are not necessarily portrayed in marketing today so i definitely commend you for for bringing that up yeah, um, yeah. 
my my next question is is like you know with with your your big systems person right and i have a really big respect for like the lean canvas right and understanding like the lean model and, and this that whole industry of operations so what software in particular that you use on a daily basis that you would not be able to do what you're doing without oh okay there's a couple yeah. uh canva 100%. I'm, I'm Photoshop trained from all my years in digital, but Canva for the win, okay? Like getting it, getting, being able to get something out there quickly. But also Canva for the masses, like not everybody could, like when I started out online, what you had to do in order to get like really great graphics was get a digital graphic designer to design you like a month's worth of content. That would cost a couple of hundred quid. So now being able to give people those skills, anything that teaches people how to do it themselves. So um, I'm a web developer as well. I, I can code a website from scratch, but I will always choose Wix or Squarespace. And I'm a big campaigner for giving people the freedom and flexibility to make their own graphics and make their own websites so that they've got that freedom to make changes when, when they want to. Uh -huh. So, things like that so so uh squarespace uh canva recur post that's a good one that re that repurposes all of my uh content oh well so have a look my apps uh active campaign for my emails they're very intuitive they you know you can set lots of nice rules up and you know it's not like you've just got like blanket bombarding of emails social medias Monzo <laughs> and all of my banking apps but like and that's another thing like where the banking is going is so much more streamlined and easy now it used to be you have to go into a bank with paperwork and this and that and then your passport and then a month later you'd get like I set up a business bank account in two days I didn't even leave my house so um yeah things like that um Again, you probably expected me to say something like Trello and Asana or Monday for project management, but I'm, a, I'm just a fan of good old to-do list in Word and I color code everything at, with in regards to where I'm at with it. So just, I think that using a system or a process sometimes can be over fussy uh -huh. and actually it could just be a lot quicker and easier by writing it out or doing it. If it takes less than two minutes, just do it now. Nice. Oh, yeah. Very nice. So, I mean, that leads me to, I mean, obviously talking about the systems and the software that you utilize earlier on this episode, you know, it was kind of beating around the bush talking about like your ideal avatars and you're saying that, you know, the prerequisite is to have a conversation with them. Well, let's mm -hmm. paint the picture of what that avatar really looks like. You know, is your avatar male? Is it female? Is it a stay at home mom? Is it a business owner? Like who is your ideal avatar that you're communicating with? Yeah, so they are, they identify as a coach. Now that could be a nutritional coach, a fitness coach, a business coach, divorce coach, life coach, whatever. However, they, uh, they're, they're leading their people, their clients through a transformation of sorts. They're taking a client from A to B. And so they are a coach. They could be male, they could be female. I love working with guys. It's such a different energy to working with um, uh, women. I like, I, I did just solely work with women for a couple of years and then actually, did, did, you know, stopped with the female only side of my marketing. And actually, they, they bring a great dynamic into the group, energy with the one to one stuff. So, yeah, I'm here for guys and girls. Um, so, coaches. Um, I would say they're stuck, they're, 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 you know, they're getting really, they're, they're established as a coach and they're getting really, really great. They've got uh, confidence, they're delivering a consistent result, they're probably working to a framework, they're getting tired, like they are fully booked, they are at max capacity perhaps, and they're just craving quiet time over client time, and that means they're not putting the best in, they don't, you know, fully booked for them on day one. It's very different to fully booked a year later and then a year later because our priorities change and, and our benchmarks change and everything. Huh. Um, you know, I'd say that they they just are they've got a, an active audience and they've got this, they've got no step to lead them through this ladder. So they've got the freebies and the low ticket stuff. They've got the high ticket stuff with their one-to-one -one and they've got nothing to serve in the middle. Oh. And people are asking them, have you got a course? Have you got something I haven't got like 
I always call it a mid-step, space, time, energy, and payment. And it's not just about the money to work with someone one-to-one. It's space, time, and energy as well. So if you haven't got that aligned, you need all of that to progress through the stages. And of course, or a group program or something can be a really great way to be able to help more people in your audience. Nice, nice. So, I mean, this next question, I'm going to take, you know, what you're saying here, right? You're saying you're talking to ambitious coaches that are not necessarily fumbling, but they have systems in place, but they're looking to scale. And on the other side, I want you to reach back to that moment earlier on this podcast when you had those chills and you were talking to your younger self and you were realizing that, you know, at that point in time, you were going through essentially an abusive relationship or you're going through some dark place. And I want you to combine these two together. I want you to talk to an entrepreneur, a coach that may be growing a business, but they're also going through a dark place currently in their life. What words of insight, what words of wisdom would you deliver to them to help them come through that dark and walk into the light? Oh my gosh, four words, journal your perfect day. Literally was the exercise that changed my life. I, by doing that, I spent about, about an hour sitting down, writing down in minute detail, everything from the moment I woke up to the moment I put my head on the pillow. Mm. And it was less, it became less about the perfect day and more about, what wasn't my perfect day and what was in my current day that wasn't serving me and stepping me towards my perfect day. So if you're ever in this position where you're just lost, can't see the wood for the trees, can't see how to get out of the situation that you're in, you figure out where you're going. You figure out the destination. Otherwise, how on earth can you work out the route? How can you figure out the mode of transport? How can you do any of it if you don't know where that end point is? So I couldn't even do it in a sentence. Four words. Journal your perfect day. Because once you've done that, bonus, bonus points to read it out to somebody. I sobbed, I read it out to my husband and I sobbed when I realized that I was working with the wrong clients, doing the wrong job, um, working with the wrong, uh, doing the wrong sort of stuff, that I was meant for bigger, that I was, I needed to think bigger. How could I possibly get that life if I was over here earning 20 pound an hour? It wasn't going to happen. So I needed to make big, big shifts in my learning. I had to qualify in other things. I had to push back and say no on a lot of stuff. Um, and again, I have probably been guilty of accepting not the wrong type of job, as in like anything bad, but I've definitely, there's been times early on where I've accepted for the money in terms of, well, it's either that or nothing and had to have the that. Um, it didn't last very long because I journaled my perfect day so I could then, say push back and say no and when you say no to things it opens up space for the good and for the stuff that you do want and then all of a sudden a couple of years pass and you're like oh my god I can't believe that a was my life b part of my life c look at where I am now like always look back and say like, marvel at how far you've come it's it's that's that's a really great like exercise to do um and what a great, great question to bring it up yeah I love that thank you Nice, nice. I definitely appreciate that answer as well. So, I mean, I think that that's a solid segue to, you know, like finishing on such a strong note. How could someone get in contact with you? Where are you online? You're a social media person, your website, your courses. Mm. I'm everywhere. Like you can't, you can't not find me LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. Um, but if you want to have a look at anything that I'm doing, uh, there's my website is courseyoucan.co.uk connect with me wherever your preferred platform is instagram is rochelledallas.coaching facebook my name linkedin my name yeah i'd love to anyone who's listened to this if it's resonated helped anything anyone please reach out i'd absolutely i'd love that love that nice so going into the bonus round i got a couple bonus questions for you okay All right. so what is your most significant achievement to date outside of like your family and kids? Uh, so I guess I, for me, I think it would be finding momentum and a, and a, 
a recipe of something that works that I can teach that can help people earn money. That, that to me is pretty special. Knowing that, you know, I've, I've learned how to teach people the format, what works, what doesn't work. You know, I'm so proud of Course You Can and the community and the, I, I sometimes just go and look at my slides <laughs> where I'm like, oh my God, like I love my branding and things like that. So like, like I literally, every single thing, none of it is, oh, that's good enough. That'll, that'll add some value. It's all a thousand percent like energetically positive put in there. Um, so I would say, of course you can. Biggest achievement. It's, it's where all roads have led to in all my, in all my things. Um, and now that top up, of course you can launch. Um, yeah, amazing. Nice. Okay, I got another bonus question for you. This is probably one of my favorite bonus questions of all time. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Oh, I'd have to be grandfather. I'd love to show him where I'm at now and show him where, you know, what I'm doing and tell him, tell him about everything. Like he died uh, 10 years ago this November. And I always think, oh God, I guess some of my wins are often tinged with sadness. All of my, my big celebrations will always follow a, con a, like, a phone call with my sister um, after and like crying of, of me. Like, oh, his grandfather was here to see it. And, you know, I get little signals. I, I'm convinced he came back as a spider because I got bitten by a spider on his funeral day. I was like, so now it helps me be less scared of them. I mean, not the big ones, but um, yeah. And I see little signs like feathers and like I have his picture on my desk and stuff like that. No, he was massively influential for me, but um, yeah, it would have to be him. Nice. I got told Followed by Michael Jackson, maybe. Like, like that would be quite a cool conversation. Well, I can actually see you with your grandfather. I can actually see you look at him dead in his face and saying, I got the other 2%. I got the other two, right? So I'm at 100% now. And just and, and that's it. That's what you might drop at that point. I got my two. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> nice, nice. So I mean, wh why Michael Jackson? Oh, do you know what? It's a funny one, isn't he? Like, I I just feel like no one is still talked about as much as him with like just so much like scandal, but the music. <sighs> Oh, like, yeah, big, big Michael Jackson fan growing up. Uh, my daughter's out of shot here, like doing some sort of Michael Jackson move right now. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, she did a moonwalk. But it's like, yeah, like music's huge in my family. Like we've always usually got music on and, you know, cheers me up and, and motivates me. I'll always have some sort of playlist. But yeah, like, I guess for, for somebody dead or alive, the only other person outside of grandfather was him that shot into my mind. Yeah. Very nice. So going into closing, the, the last opportunity and last question of every single episode that I do, whoever I'm interviewing, you become the host of Boss and Cage, the microphone becomes yours. Do you have any questions that you would like to ask me? Oh, who's been your favorite ever guest on this podcast? Wow. That, 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 is, that is so hard because it's like every time I get opportunity and it's so fresh, like I, I'm enjoying the conversation with you, but I enjoy the conversation with every guest and I dive into it and just hearing your story about your grandfather, about the lollipops. Like I, I remember every single story very vividly because I'm painting these pictures in my mind. So Ooh. to be honest with you, I don't really think I have necessarily a favorite guest, but I have memorable guests and I could, you know, um, one would be Ty Cohen. Ty Cohen is, a, is an internet sensation. He does Kindle books, but I've also took his courses. I've worked with him and I also follow him on Facebook and all his other platforms. So I can kind of see his journey and see what he's overcome and seen his hurdles. So that's inspirational for me and for my listeners as well. But then again, every guest that I interview, they deliver that same level of quality as well. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, well done. You passed that question. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? No, I don't know. Like, how long have you been podcasting for? Like, what got you into it? So podcast, and I got into podcasting because I had a stroke back in 2018. And I was like, okay, I need to really figure out how to rebrand and take everything that I have learned for those 
10, 15 years before. And how do I do it? I've been doing it for clients for so long, but why don't I do it for myself? So I rebranded myself as a grant, decided to write books. I've published about eight books at this point in time. And I then said, okay, let me figure out a platform that I can leave breadcrumbs to educate and teach other people on the journey. Hence, Boston Cage was evolved from February of 2020. So right around 16 months, 18 months, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Like, I've really enjoyed our chat. Amazing questions. Oh my gosh, I feel like that was a bit like therapy, like, and a bit of regression. <laughs> the wave, right? It's the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love the wave. It's, it's like, you want to go high, you want to go low, you want to go high. And I think that that's how you get the full rounded package because as an entrepreneur, you're never going to be like this all the time. You're never going to be like this. You're never going to, it's always the wave and figuring out like how you've evolved from your wave and made it into a synergy to create the success that you have is the, the feeling and the emotions that any entrepreneur on a journey, they don't need to inspire and feel that and don't block it. If you're going down, embrace it because you're going to fall down. You're going to pick, pick, pick yourself back up. So yeah. I yeah. And, and recognizing that, recognizing it so that you can, you can feel, know the triggers, accept it, and then have your triggers and your um, ways of getting back up again. And yeah, it, it's not going to go down and down and down and down because it's going to go back up. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Yeah. So I, I definitely appreciate you taking time out. Your, I mean, it's probably evening time where you are. So taking time out your busy schedule in the evening to be on this show. I think you delivered hell of value, hell of insight. And to your point, I still visually till this day, see a 14 year old girl opening up her coat with all the lollipops. That, I'm, that's, I, I'm, every time I see you, that's what I'm going to see from now on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was me. <laughs> great, great. Well, again, that's it. So S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- Two three three boss. That's seven six two two three three two six seven seven. I would love to hear from you. Remember to become a boss in cage. You have to release your inner beast. S. A. Grant signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host S. A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash freebook.